What's up, everybody? My name's Chad Brock. And I'm Zach Bailiff. Watching episode 11 of the Orion Podcast. You know, somebody forgot to bring the banner up. Here we go. Jeez. What is up, good people from all around the world? Welcome back, back again, to, back again. Back to Ryan Podcast, episode 11, powered by the good people at Jackson Kayak and, of course, old Ryan Coolers, the Cooler Podcast, telling even cooler stories. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. We're here. That is, that is our hour slot, and we enjoy the heck out of it, and we're glad you y'all yeah. could make it tonight. Uh, so Zach, you did a little, uh, little jeeping last couple weekends. Yeah, got to go play in the dirt last Saturday a little bit. Well, two last two weeks, I guess. Uh, two or three weeks. Can't remember. We had the Jeep Fest before the last podcast, and then this past weekend they had a an open ride weekend over at the I say local. It's about a 45, 50 minute trip to the off road park or one of them we hit around here. Got to play on the rocks and cover everything in dust and the. Uh, I just checked the cooler a little bit ago. It's still got ice in it, so we're ready to go again. Can't ask for more than that, man. At least it's finally starting to cool down just a little bit. It's a little warm over yeah. the weekend here. Uh, we yeah, still... we hit we hit around uh, eighty eight, but yeah, it's, it's not bad, man. We got out the little uh, the little fishing at the old stomping grounds. Uh, it was it was brutal, but we got through it. Real question is, where are we fishing at this weekend? Yeah, that is a good question. We're gonna be. Going to be back in the same state again for a couple of days. We got to find somewhere to go rip some lips and put them in the boat. So here it is, Indiana people. If you want to go fishing with us this weekend, Monday, Monday probably, Sunday, Monday, yeah. one of the two. It's Monday. We're going to say Monday. If you guys want to go fishing with Zach and I, drop it in the comments below, and we'll figure out. We'll wing something out there before the end of the podcast, or comment where you'd like to go fishing with us. We'll see if we can't make it happen. Yeah. Oh, Ryan, podcast on the waters. Zach will sign autographs. You probably don't want mine. That <laughs> <laughs> might devalue. I don't the just give out signing. my signature. It's uh, <laughs> there's a whole thing. We can't really talk about it on air. Um, but anyway, we got a cool guest tonight. Guy that you know needs to be here on this podcast. Probably probably need to be on here already. He is. Gene Wilson says he's a legend. I don't know. I like to give him a hard time because he's a he's a redfish guru. I'm redfish into redfish. Guru. Never been, been but redfish. I'd like to go. But yeah. I give him a hard time because I'm a bassin guy, and he he's 
he does it all, but he he catches them big red fish, big speckled trout, man. He's down there in Texas just turning and burning, doing big things. Like I said, he might be a legend. I feel like he, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He might be a legend after he does the O'Ron podcast, though. Everybody, <laughs> let's give it a big, warm Orion welcome for the one, the only, Dustin Nichols. Why aren't you going up there, bro? I'm trying to enter him into the podcast, and I can't get him up there all of a sudden. (laughs) He's stuck backstage. He is stuck backstage. What would you do to me, Dustin? Maybe he left to go fish from Redfish. He must have. You can hear me, right? (laughs) I can hear you. Everything I click on is not working all of a sudden. wonder if my – let's try this. Hey, hey was you holding out on us? I don't know what I was doing, man. It was like what, you know, whatever button I hit worked. I, I can't, I can't, add, I can't add myself. I'm not the I'm not the host of the stream, man. Yeah, you know, we use this over on the everybody. If you're not familiar, oh, before we get in, I'm, I'm I have a little podcast called Chasing the Tide. Myself, part of Paddle and Fin Network. So yes, we're gonna have to return the favor. We'll have to have the Orion <laughs> podcast on Chasing the Tide too. We're gonna do that. We're going we gonna to make that happen. But, yeah, what better way to kick off Orion podcast with a Orion weekender and a nice little ranch water. There you go. There you go. <laughs> After a long day of work sitting on that control room panel in that dang chemical plant. <laughs> well, how's it, how's it going tonight, man? How is the uh, how's, how's the weather in Texas? We're actually getting some much-needed rain, like big time. Oh, nice. Good like, deal. we... We need we need we need rain. We're pretty pretty major drought over here right now, which I, I don't mind. You know, as far as salt water goes, you know, you don't want a lot of freshwater influx back into the back marsh where little small feeder creeks and all that feed it and stuff. So, you know, it's all good though. We do need it. You know, the lakes need it. Definitely got some dropping levels in some of the lakes, so it's a good thing. Cooled it down too because it's been hot. It's been like yeah, hundred triple digits, like nasty. There you go. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let the people get to know you. There's a lot of people out there in Orion Land. You know, we got some we got some variations of people that watch this thing. Let's uh, let's tell them a little bit about you and uh, kind of how you got started in the uh, outdoors world. Oh, um, you know, I grew up in Southeast Texas. You know, I'm, I'm I'm in I mean Southeast Georgia. I'm in South Southeast Texas now. Um, you know, I. Left right after high school, went to the Marine Corps, did time in the Marine Corps, and, uh, you know, moved back home. And, you know, the whole thing was growing up there in southeast Georgia, you know, you're you're around some good inshore fisheries there in the Golden Isles area. That's Brunswick, St. Simons, Jekyll, Little St. Simons. You know, it's only, you know, 45 minutes to an hour from Jacksonville, you know, right there north of the Florida border, off exit uh, 29. <laughs> Real close, you know, some good inshore fisheries. And then, you know, we're, we're – we're a short drive to, uh, you know, Robbins Reservoir, uh, St. John's River, you know, some of that Orange Lake, Crescent Lake, all the good lakes down there. Harris Chain's only about two hours and 40 minutes away. Um, but I grew up, you know, chasing little farm pond, you know, in neighborhood ponds there in Brunswick, uh, golf course ponds, sneaking on golf courses, you know. Oh, when I could ride a bike 12 years old, <laughs> I was gone, you know, and you better be home before the lights come on, you know. <laughs> it's one of them kind of deals. But, you know, that's that's back in the day where, you know, you – 
you know, there's these, there's these landowners with these ponds, you know, might have some cattle or something here and there, but you're like, hey, go knock on the door and, you know, mind if I go fishing in your pond and, you know, my end. This was, this was the big end back then. My, my granddad was the fire chief of, of Brunswick for over 20 years. Oh, wow. So rest in peace, Papa Nichols, man, that, that he taught me a lot about fishing, you know, and I was always, if, if he was going to take his little boat out, I was in it and I was learning, you know, and that's back when you threw, you know, you'd be using big 12, 12 inch long stick floats with like Dacron line and line dressing and the big pin number nines and the peerless 209s and these big heavy <laughs> rods. And, and even as a younger angler, then I remember I was like, Telling my uncle Ralph or Uncle Terry, my dad and his brothers, I was like, I'm gonna take my bass rod out there. Old pistol grip lightning rod with a dial mag force. <laughs> yes, I remember taking it out there and, and throwing square bills or throwing little stingray grubs or little just little worms and catching trout and redfish, and they'd be freaking out. Like, you can't do that. You gotta throw these live shrimp on this. No, I'm throwing artificials like I catch bass. And that's right. what kind of spurred my whole the whole interest in that that inshore thing with artificials was as a kid, man. It it just it just took off, you know. Fishing has always been, you know, it's always been part of my life, you know, being a waterman, being a being a surfer, you know, you want to be around waves in the salt water. So you're always around somewhere to fish too. You know, when the waves are flat, what do you need? What do you have to do? Go play golf, <laughs> go skateboard, go fish, you know. Yeah. You gotta do something, you know. But yeah. Uh, spent some time back home after Marine Corps and moved to California. And then my dad's like, dude, you need to come to Texas. You know, it's kind of rough and tumble there for a little bit, sang in some bands and, you know, worked around as a chef and traveled and there and here and there. And then, you know, my dad's like, you need to come to Texas. So came to Texas in 96, been here ever since. <laughs> now, the real question is, what kind of music was you singing? Was you, I know you, you just don't look like an R&B guy. Punk rock. <laughs> I figured. So you're you're. I'm gonna go on a wild. I'm gonna go on a wild guess. You're you're in the you're in the genre of 39 to 42. I turned 50 in December last December. Gosh dang! <laughs> Did he? Wow, dang! You see all that gray in the sideburns? Oh, I got I got yeah, some. Yeah, that don't mean I got some of that going on. Hey, yeah, the light at 40, I'm about taking my hat off because y'all don't want to see that chrome dome look like Friar Tuck and junk up in this dude, man. Come on. We're trying to get a we're trying to get a hymns or a just for men sponsorship for this podcast. Dude, I need it. If I grow my hair out and it gets curly, I look like Krusty the Clown, dude. I dye red, I'll be crusty all day, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh. So yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, when we talk about, you know, being in service and, and obviously you was having some fun getting in some messes uh, yep. out in California and all that. Is fishing one of those things that kind of sell as you came back to it, kind of settled you back in? And Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, once I moved to Texas and that was the whole the whole thing in Texas, you realize you see people like walking out in the water and be like, man, what are them people doing out there? Because in Georgia, you have like, you know, five to seven foot tide swings mm -hmm. and you got that nasty mud you sink up to your neck in. And I was oh, like, yeah. nobody, man, what are they doing walking out there now? Water. And then they're like, oh, man, it's, there's there's flats out there. It's like sandy and, and hard bottom. You know, you can walk around and wade. And I figured that. I was like, dude, I'm not limited to no just bank or no pier. I can go walk around. 
fish all these areas and walk in. There's there was a lot more walking spots back then, you know. Oh yeah. So and then the whole thing was is then you see these guys in these kayaks. And you're like, man, you guys got rods all in that kayak, man. They're going all over the place. I said that's even more range right there, and that's what really got me in, in, into into the kayak fishing side of things too, because it just expanded your range. You cover more water, more places to fish. You know, get away from that bank where you walked in at instead of having to walk two miles. <laughs> now, yeah, now what stopped was- you from? What stopped you from jumping in a big boat and going further out, having that uh, desire? I mean, I've, I have friends with boats, so I've always thought about wanting to get one of my own, but then it's just a, a cost savings. I mean, the, the boat I would want would probably be about $80,000. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you call Jameson. Yeah, that's when you call your buddies that, that have those boats and go with you. <laughs> but no, the kayak, man, you're just just so much closer to the action. And you're just the stealthy, the stealthiness involved in it. I mean, I'd say I've said that a hundred times. Just it's just the experience being in a kayak and that close to the water and that close to the action. And then I mean, you fishing, you have schools of redfish just come right by you, like swimming right by you. You know, chop just drop the lure in the water straight off the tip of your rod and hook up to them. Sometimes you know it can get like that stupid sometimes. That'd be pretty cool. Absolutely. Now. Obviously, inshore your your ocean dwelling and all that kind of fun stuff. What you know, being a bassin guy, and and most of the people here in the Midwest, we're we're bassin people. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get down here way too awful much, unfortunately. Especially with gas are, at seven dollars a gallon. Yeah, especially <laughs> right now. Um, what are some of the you know risks that go along with inshore fishing being out there and? and tide and wind yeah we don't have as much tidal movement as the atlantic seaboard you know we get about a one to two foot tide change but you know when you have a big strong frontal system paired with a major dump or something major low tide pull you can get a lot of water that pushes out really fast and it'll leave you high and dry like stuck in the mud you don't have to drag your kayak back a long ways to get to some navigable water paddleable water um just and it's hot. I mean, right now it's hot. You know, hydration and all that's key, and just mm-hmm. and just knowing your limitations is, is a big thing here. Um, you know, say you didn't expect the wind to come up and blow southeast or south out twenty, and then you paddled, you know, out of your launch. You went north and fished, you know, three four miles away. Then you got to paddle back against that four mile wind if you don't have a pedal drive or a motor. You know, you definitely got to calculate all that stuff in, into play. And then just, I mean, you got a lot of oyster, a lot of shells, you know, you got to know your areas where you don't get cut up, you know, launching and this and that. If the tide goes out where you're launching, you don't have to hopscotch over and drag your kayak over sharp oyster, stuff like that. And then, you know, surf launching to go offshore, you got to make sure your weather's right, you know, no storms. I mean, squalls can pop up quick anywhere, you know, lightning risk and and high winds with those associated with that can be dangerous. Um, You know, just... And then just other boat, a lot of boat traffic, you know, on the weekend. There's certain areas on the coast that you kind of want to avoid <laughs> Bro, yeah. on the weekend. Um, and that's yeah, a good thing sure. about working shift work. I, I work I work <clears throat> split shifts. I work a DuPont schedule. Um, so I get to fish after work on off night shifts. Or I'm off during the week, you know, quite a few days. So there's a lot less pressure on the water during the week. Helps out. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, for sure. Now, 
when you're when you're out there i mean obviously it's not just redfish well i you know you guys got speckled trout you've got you've got a lot going on oh, yeah <laughs> my buddy kevin i i you know i was gonna bring something up about that too about the, the alligators in the marsh <laughs> and the stringers if you're waiting uh the sharks will come and try to eat the fish off your stringers even in the bay systems <laughs> yeah that'll happen too yeah i was gonna get to that eventually i just kind of <laughs> i'm out yeah, you're out. I'm no, out. No sharks. Lots I'm of out. gators in the mud. I don't care about the sharks. I ain't care about the sharks. I care about the alligators. That's why I won't go fishing <laughs> with Gene. That's why I can't I can't go hang out with Gene. Like I've got a line and it's like it stops at southern Tennessee. I can't go past Chickamauga. It's just physically incapable. It takes medication. Yeah, there's some big, big lizards over here. Choke Canyon and uh, Lake Fork has definitely has some giants. Uh Sam Rayburn, Toledo Ben. You know, Caddo, they're, they're a little more hidden over there. I didn't see a single one over there when I went and fished there in April. Um, you know, I do dabble on the bass side, too. You know, that that as a kid, that was a big part of my, you know, being able to fish as a youngster. If I wasn't going, you know, in the boat with my granddad or uncles, you know, I so, chased the bass. And then that kind of that kind of kicked back off later, you know, after I, you know, started getting the inshore bug again over here and all that. And you're actually fishing both types of tournaments. You're fishing both inshore and bass tournaments. Yeah, um, yeah I will. What is uh, what's the difference in that vibe? I mean, as far as somebody like me that's never never been around inshore, never fished inshore tournaments, uh, how does that crowd? I mean, it's you know each each style of fishing kind of seems to have its own different crowd. How, how do the yeah. two styles vary? Oh, I mean, there's a lot more involved with your craft and really studying areas if you go into different lakes hmm. you know in fishing tournaments and you know national level tournaments or bigger tournaments say Caddo or Sam Rayburn or Chickamauga or Pickwick or you know went down to Kissimmee a couple years back you know just because I, I grew up fishing down there you know I kind of know some stuff down there a little bit but right you definitely do a lot more map studying and and uh graphing and stuff now, I do use my graph at certain times in saltwater. I do. But uh, a lot of it is, you know, a lot of the tournaments are open boundaries. You know, even if you drive three hours, if you can make it away and you can fish three hours away. Mm -hmm. So there's no captain's meeting in the morning. You just got to check in and then you you're already at your spot ready to launch at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. And you get to your spot, you catch your fish by nine o'clock and you're gone in this areas that you're familiar with already. Right. Like a lot of these redfish gotcha. tournaments, you'll have to weigh in at a certain spot and you have to be there, you know, between one and four. You mm -hmm. know, you catch your fish early, you got to keep them alive. That's another different aspect. A lot of our redfish tournaments are live weigh-ins. So actually run mm -hmm. a live right. well on the kayak with oxygen and a recirculator and everything. Wow. Now, that now, now, to the boat. Now, yeah, that's way to the boat. Whole lot. About <laughs> nine <laughs> gallons of water plus two, seven, eight pound redfish. You get heavy up front. Right. Get your bow down yeah. in the water. <laughs> Guarantee it. Probably laying on the bow. <laughs> <laughs> Stay down. But hey, you're up on plane. Yeah, that you pick help. That you pick works wonders. It, it's great. It. Yep. And, mm -hmm. and let's let's kind of talk about uh, your choice in boats and how you got them set up right now. Um, I know the UPIC's been a favorite for you this past year, uh, one you've been using a lot. Tell us a little bit yeah. about that boat and how you've got it set up. Uh, that boat's really cool because it's, it's such an open platform. You know, there's really, there's nothing for it, anything to get stuck on. You know, it's just a, 
just a scooped out deck, you know, <laughs> just got gear track running down both sides. You know, you can get your trim your seat up a little bit and get your, you know, your your crate behind it. Or if like Mike, one of our other teammates, Mike Fiorenza, who actually fishes team tournaments with me. Also, he's also on Jackson. Um, You know, you can fit your live wheel behind you or you can fit your live wheel in front of you in that boat. I like to have mine up front because with a torpedo, you kind of want to get your bow down in the water anyways. Because when you start to get up and your bow starts to rise up and then, you know, you, you kind of pur porpoise a little bit here, Dude, and there, the you trim forward yeah, and you get that live wheel up front and it digs that bow down. It just cuts right through the wave so much better. Um, but yeah, the Yupik's been great. It paddles well. You can stand up and push pole around in it. You know, it's just got a lot of room for, you know, putting any kind of accessories you want stuff behind you in front of you, strapping stuff down. It's, it's just been a great boat for the marsh. Really great boat. Now, what does I gotta ask? Because I don't. I mean, back when I made my own live well, it was a, it was a cooler with some hose drilled in it and a couple of bubble boxes. <laughs> so tell me how you guys are doing it out there in the red. I, I remember that live well. It's oh, a, yeah. it's a Plano Sportsman box. Okay, and it's just got a removable removable lid with like little hinges with little clamps on it. And I took that lid and I cut it in about two thirds. And then I zip tied that the bigger portion down and then I zip tied to make hinges on that lid. So it folds up and down. So I get my redfish in and out through that. But then right. I built a PVC um, kind of structure and put an old piece of uh, laundry basket with zip ties and ran my oxygen uh, stone down it and tied it off to the bottom and set it down there. I took made two little T's and made a little you know divider inside there. So it holds the redfish up upright and it won't mm -hmm. let them like mess with each other and it kind of gives them a little for some reason i think it gives them because they're, they're up against something like structure and they kind of feel like they're they're okay in there right huh. and then i got a That's recirculator that just runs off of a small you know 10 amp hour lithium battery and then i got a uh, g juice in there and i usually have some some frozen water bottles that's throw in there keep the water cool on the hot days too yeah but yeah it's, it's it's nice it's pretty nice so when you're talking about that live well full Dakota lithium batteries, uh, torpedo mm -hmm. tackle, uh, all the rods that you're taking. <laughs> yep. What's your boat weighing? Whew. I don't know. It's pretty, it's up there with the live well. That's probably, you know, 70 extra pounds right there yeah. in the crate and the tackle and then four rods normally. Um, and a stringer at times i'll have a stringer with a stakeout pole a lot of times i won't drag the fish on a stringer i'll find a central location kind of where i'm around and stake them out and let them swim around on the stringer right mm -hmm. instead of dragging them because a lot of times you try to drag them on that stringer that you're gonna you're gonna flood them you're gonna drown them right so you can't really move that fast so you when you when you want to haul butt somewhere you put them in the live wheel <laughs> right you know or, or when you're about to head back to weigh in head back to the launch you know full full speed we had one, you know, three, four weeks ago, we had 25 mile an hour winds, maybe a little bit, bit higher gusts. And, and I caught my, my second redfish. Um, I called one at the end. I had two smaller redfish, lower slot fish, and just lucky to catch fish that day. Cause it was, it was a tough day. And I put my, <laughs> putting them fish in a live well, got them lined out, you know, and, uh, G juice, put a couple of bottles in there cool down and then was gone and i was hitting him cut through the waves i had the big rig that day i had the live wheel in front of me in the big wig with the hd pod and uh man i was getting it i had that 11 three pegged out like 6.2 going into the wind 
<laughs> it was pretty good. Too. I, I was soaking wet. It looked like I jumped in the water. I mean, that's how wet I was after coming back through them, them that chop. It's like that, like two that, foot chop, dude. <laughs> and that old big yeah. rig, man, that that thing, had, as Chris Funk says, that dude had run in wet grass. Oh, yeah, that thing run, dude. Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. especially with eleven oh three on the back. Yep, good mine's stuff, up, man. Mine's out there somewhere with our first guest. He's uh, he's got it. I don't know where it's at actually. It's I got a big. I was rig. about it's to out ask, there somewhere. Like, fully loaded. Yeah, fully loaded. It's with out that there. Torquedo. I I was wondering how fast you were running. Yeah, on the big rig with the Torquedo, I run like six two. On the big rig on the NAR, I get a little more than that. Which the NAR is just a little bit different. It's, it's a lot more rocker. And, you know, the hole up front, the bow has got a little more aggressive size. It cuts through the waves a little better than a big rig does. Yeah, yeah. Right. To, to kind sure. of sum up the NAR, it, it's really shedding as you're as you're pushing yeah. through. It's really it's really pushing water away like a big boat, like a bass boat would. Um, it does a great job. It boats fast. Sure it does. Just, it's fast just pedaling it. <laughs> oh man, just just pedaling last yeah. night, not trying. I took it out just on a whim. Uh, we've had nice weather here, so I was like, eh. I talked to you on the phone. I was like, I'm yeah. just going. I'm just going. So I uh, loaded up bare bones and got out there. Man, I I was running four and a half, not even trying. And oh yeah, just cruising. Like I said, that's just a couple rods and yeah, that new drives a lot more efficient and in that whole shape and whole design just butter cuts through the water like butter. Yeah. It does. It does. And you were also one of the ones we talked to Matt Ball last time. You're also one of the ones that was involved with uh, helping us come up with this new boat and everything that it yeah. should be. Yeah, that was a very, very cool process to be involved with that the development team for the NAR. You know, it, I don't know. It's just like, dude, it makes your heart happy. You're like, man, I came into to kayak fishing maybe a little bit later than some of the other people, you know, eight years now i guess but i've been with jackson four and to move up you know year after year from you know regional then the national then the factory the last two years it's just been it's been awesome it's been like i mean there's no lack of not putting in work because you got to put in work if you want something if you want if you want to succeed you got to put in the work and i preach it all the time as far as you know being sponsored and I can touch on some of that too. Absolutely. It's uh, coming up surfing and skateboarding. You know, you were associated with surf shops or a skate shop and then you'd have reps Mm -hmm. from the companies, clothing, the boards, the wheels, the trucks, you'd get noticed and they'd be like, Oh, you want to flow you some stuff and give you some stuff, you know, just support us. You know, that's how it worked. And you get sponsors next, you know, you might be getting a little check here and there. You get more free stuff. And that's where I cut my teeth learning how to, you know, give a return on investment and and get recognized yeah. and get put stuff out there, put your, put yourself out there for a product you believed in, not just right. product you just want to get a badge on your sleeve because you want to be a pro staff for that team. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of getting off track, but yeah, no, but yeah, keep keep no, going. This good, is uh, the tell the kids at home. But yeah, it's, it's there's we've been around. There's a, a whole. Bit. There's a, there's a, there's a wrong way to do it. And there's a right way to do it. You know, you gotta make yourself a brand and then you gotta use stuff you believe in for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think all of us here would, would definitely say, you know, using something that you believe in, it, it goes a long way and, and not just, you know, if 
I've kind of been on a kick where, you know, okay, I don't do bait sponsorships or anything like that personally. Yeah. Um, if I like something, I go buy it. If a bag yeah. of $5 baits is going to eat me up, then I need to quit what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> you know, I, I like to try different things out, but it, it's, it's kind of like that. You know, my focus is the people that I stick with the like Jackson kayak and you know, that goes a long way. And like yeah. you said, putting, putting in the work, um, Zach works with uh, Hoyt and Under Armour and, and some different places like that. And, you know, yeah. you put in that work, you take time, you get the photographs, you do those, those items that really need to be done. And I think, you know, the sky's the limit, but you yeah. can't coming into a program of any type. And when you look at it, some of the attitudes can get in the way, I think. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't well, come in like being one of the team leads. I see that, you know, yeah, you some of that with some guys, you know, trying to join a team and want this and that already off the bat. Like, well, no. <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's that humble remembering you're not owed anything. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then just believing in the product. And then it's, it's it's not always about what the company can do for you, but it's what you're going to do for that company. And a lot of organic 100%. content that's mm -hmm. from the heart, stuff you believe in, that's what's going to get noticed before anything else, before you bugging them on DMs, dropping them DMs, man. <laughs> You know, organic content, it, it's for real, you know, not no fake stage stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, you know, you got to, you've got to be real with it. I mean, a lot of times, as we all know, social media is a highlight reel of the good stuff. You got to show the the stuff that sucks too sometimes. Oh, you yeah. Know, and you the do. struggle and the work, the work yep. that goes in and, and what it takes to get where you're at, you know, the work you put in and the early mornings and all that stuff too. And it, you know, it shows. I mean, the folks that are really paying attention, they can see it all. So, yes, sir, for sure. My buddy Kevin said, Dustin's come a, always grinding, come a long way since the bruised banana days. We can go into that real quick. Though. That was my first guy, like my first kayak. I got a perception caster 12.5 from Academy. Oh, big old yellow, ugly with the scoop seat, and actually got an upgraded like seat back where it supported you up to your shoulders a little more. And then your rear end was. As Chris Funk was, dang rear ends always wet. Chris Funk would say, "That's how you yeah, sound." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and um, man, you know, I got in that thing, and I used to car top top it on the old Cor Corolla S. <laughs> <laughs> car top that thing, you know. And uh, man, I got a thing. I was like, man, that old yellow paint job. I'm gonna do something. And I like took flat black spray paint, like painted painted fades on the bow and the stern. <laughs> And then all my buddies at work say, man, Dustin, you going fishing? You take that bruised banana out of the day, ain't you? It'll be cracking up, man. It's pretty good fun. You know, but yeah. I love it. Bruised love banana. Bruised banana. We were banana. trying to figure out a name, and you just got one. That bruised banana. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to talk to James worth, see if we can't make it. Be worth keeping that thing around. Said, yeah. We need to do one. You know, old special edition. Old Dustin special. Bruised banana. Bruised banana. Like 2020. You, do me a you pick in that. I will pimp that thing all over. <laughs> 2024 <laughs> color. For you, You've heard it. Pay for a custom color. Jack's <laughs> 2024 color. The bruised banana. Bruised banana. We Dude, sold okay. one. We sold one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. That, uh, <laughs> that thing. That thing. Man, I caught a lot of fish out that thing. 
you know, there's nothing better than pulling up at a boat ramp with a kayak with a big string of full of trout and redfish and all the boats are like, good Lord, you call all of them today? Goes, yes, sir. I was straight smacked them. He's like, man, we only <laughs> caught like two little dinks. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you make too much noise in that boat. Yep. Run what you brung, buddy. Oh, yeah. I'll tell y'all another thing, though. You talking about down there fishing with Miss Jean? We had a little JK Media House meetup down there at the St. Mark's uh, Shell Island Fish Camp. Mm-hmm. Had a good old time right when the uh, when the U Pick did come out and the uh, and the Kilroy HD. Yep, we were all fishing in the evening. We go fish saltwater, then we go fish the river, and then we fish the river at the at Shell Island, and you catch bass. You know, you know, 14, 15 inch fish. You know, we probably caught hundred over hundred between all of us on little popping frogs. You know. And I was on the other side of the river. It's starting to get a little dark twilight time. And we were hauling, but I had that killer HD. I guarantee I was paddling it. That thing, that thing could move. That thing cuts oh, some water. 12, 10, 35 and a half inches wide with no scuppers, smooth. Man, you get it moving. Dude, I got, I didn't know what it was when it happened. And it was, I got lifted out of the water. I thought it was an alligator. I was like, ah! <laughs> 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 and, and I spooked the pot of manatees that was out there just floating in the middle. No kidding. <laughs> and them things, I swear that thing lifted me two foot out of the water. And Without then, even trying. All I remember was, was my nickname's Doodoo. And we can talk about that too in a while. I <laughs> <laughs> like, well, Chris Funk, just then, boy, you got, you got, you got stains in them drawers. You got skid marks in there. <laughs> you okay? And Miss Jean was like, Dustin, you okay? She was, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you know what it was, man. Oh, man, you talking about. Talking about. Tight. <laughs> yeah, it was, buddy. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good trip. Tatering. Made some tatered. good food up there. Me and Jameson got on that pit. Made some strawberry jalapeno coleslaw. Some some ribs and did some homemade baked beans and some made some kind of dessert too i can't remember what it was <laughs> some banana pudding or something man you did pretty yeah good. there you go all yeah all jameson's cook for me is spam but that's a whole nother story we got so we're at the we're at the marketing summit and well we're at the marketing meeting and and emily got us thai food on the first night and her and Nick come in with this big bag of Thai food, and we're, me and Bridget Jameson, we're just like, okay, we never had Thai food, so <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, I'm from Bedford, Indiana. There's no Thai place here. There's no Thai place, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you're missing out. <laughs> but anyway, we're eating it. And we're just like, not, not much flavor here. So we got this rice, and Jameson's like, I got a can of spam. Good, good spam on the grill, man, and yeah. We had spam and rice instead mm-hmm. of tofu. It was, uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah, but was it tofu or Thai food? It was Thai food. Yeah. Thai food. So, yeah. yeah, it was uh, my first experience with Jameson cooking for me. Spam. Oh, yeah. James can throw down pretty good. <laughs> Wish I was sponsored <laughs> by Traeger. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> no, Shots fired. Shots, Shots fired. fired. Shots fired. Got a cool meat. I got a cool partnership with the meat market here in town. It does a lot of good stuff. Chopping block. Yeah, that's uh, it makes yeah. some homemade booty and they got some bad, some good sausages, a lot of dry aged wagyu steaks and all kind of good stuff. So yeah, I've been I'm just I'm stoked to get on with them this year. I yeah, do too. A little company there, get some stuff for the tournaments, get the grill up and stuff, you know. Share Absolutely. the love. Good stuff, man. It's so what's uh 
What's some of the big things that you got planned as you're moving forward throughout the rest of this year? I know it's getting kind of late in the year, but what, oh. do, you, what do you got left on the chopping block, so to speak? There you go. Um, oh, about to drive to Georgia to see my family. You know, my, my niece had a new little little girl, Amelia Joe. Um, so we're gonna roll over there for Fourth July week and hang out. And then uh, a couple weeks after that, I'm on my way up to Connecticut for the Three oh, wow. Bells Trifecta Tournament. Road tripping, 28 hours on the road. Yeah, I'm a road dog, man. I, I drive. I drive all over. I'm like, whatever the gas prices aren't hindering this trip, I'm going on this one. I'm going to catch some striper, some fluke, and some bluefish. That's the three species for the trifecta. You know, they have an overall um, tournament for all three fish, best best one uh, each of one for three total aggregate. And then they have big fish for the bluefish, big fish for striper, fluke. And they have some trash, you know, black sea bass and sea robin and, you know, some of that. So I think it'll be a pretty cool experience. I am on their their national team this year. I was one of the few outside of the Northeast that was put on there. Pretty stoked to be a part of their team. You know, they've been good to me. Got some good stuff going on with them. So I'm going to head up and fish that. And then we got, we've got a professional redfish league tournament coming up uh, July 17th. That's before I go there. And then in August, late August, I'm going to Okeechobee to fish with the Coosa Kingfishers on the KFL match. I got picked up with them as a, Kind of like an extra addition to go down there and punch some grass and throw some big baits and frogs. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be cool. Have been on Okeechobee yeah, in a long cool. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna that'd go do cool. a little some little bass stuff at the end of October. Yeah. The end of August. Yeah. It should be fun. And a few more tournaments now, here and there to finish out the year. You know, we'll see what else yeah. is on the schedule. Now, how's your how's your boat rigging? How's your whole setup kind of differ between your redfish setup and your bass setup? Well, uh, I take the NAR or the where I had the big rig FD set up before. But yeah, it's definitely a lot different, you know, with the fish finder set up on it. And, uh, you know, just more tackle, more rods. <laughs> the cool thing about the NAR is having that those extra slots for those rods on the in-hole storage, you know. Yeah. And then, then our baits differ, you know. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff I throw in salt water. You know, I do transition some stuff back and forth, you know, like chatter baits. A lot of people might not know, but. I fish a lot of chatter baits on the flats for redfish. Um, I use big live baits and jerk baits for big speckled trout. And that's a lot of people are starting to see that. There's a guy here, mm-hmm. Chris Bush, um, military. A uh, good guy has this thing called Speckled Truth podcast and uh, some content. And he always shares some good stuff. But he's he's also dabbled in that. I uh, got a friend in Florida the, the, and uh, Louisiana. They do custom glide baits, saltwater specific. And he does some jerk baits and uh he shaves the bills down to make them where they'll run like a foot and a half deep. So you can fish them on the mm-hmm. flats above the suspended grass. Really cool. And there's some saltwater baits that I transitioned to freshwater that the bass haven't seen. <laughs> Let's talk about those after. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Those are pretty cool. They're, yeah. Yeah. Something different. Something definitely yeah. different. No, that's and that's the key a lot of times is throwing something they ain't seen. Something they haven't seen. I'm I'm curious to see what that that Berkeley slobber knocker, that new chatterbait that guy's coming out, <laughs> how it works. I heard it, they, it's got a little different look to it, a little different sound. So we'll, well we shall see. I'm gonna get one, get a couple. <laughs> nah, I, I'd like to get like 10. I just yeah. actually went through the whole process. We <laughs> talked about this a little bit last night. I had to do a clean, I had to do a little crate purging. I, I was up over 30 pounds in just my crate. Uh, <laughs> With hard baits and yep, 
I kind of had this this moment where it's like, <laughs> do I really need yeah. 12 red eye sheds? And, oh, I know. I'm yeah, the same and way. it's like, I probably could buy a 30 and keep do I the Do truck. I need the kitchen sink? <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm an overkill on plastics. Like on my, for my redfish and trout tournaments, I usually have like a two thirty four hundred, like the smaller Plano edge boxes that fit in the U-pick slots really good or 3,600 maybe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Throw them in there and I usually got a, like a money bag with plastics. And then I got like a little bag that mounts to the seat with pockets and a zipper. I got my leader and like pliers in that. And I got some fish attracted in there. Um, mm-hmm. And then like three or four bags of plastics there, like the colors I'm really keyed in and using. I usually got like some light colors and some dark colors, depending on if there's some water color change or something I can adjust. Yeah. Same on the bass side too. Got a lot of plastics. <laughs> yeah. We, All over the boat. We resemble that statement. You know, you're talking about sneaking into the golf courses and stuff like that when oh, we yeah. first opened up. But <laughs> our second video that we ever put on uh, Zach and I's YouTube when we when we first started doing this kind of stuff, it was uh, we called it the Creek Show, where we snuck in to the golf course and we had a guy that he was wearing purple shorts with hearts and <laughs> it was an exciting day. Had on, you know, we didn't have waders or anything like that. We just wore a whole pair of muck boots out there in the creek, had them full of water, take it, dump it out. I <laughs> oh, mean, yeah. we caused the we caused a scene right through the Memorial Day tournament. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> and blew out our creek spot in the process, but yeah, we did end up blowing out our creek <laughs> oh, spot. Yeah. There's a, a lot, there's of, a lot of that going on. There's a lot of YouTube spot burners in around Texas, and I'll tell you that right now. We had some yeah. Ottergate stuff go on with some some guy pulled a Glock on an otter and put it on video and then he turned his comments off and it was just like, ah. Oh, geez. He was scared of some otters in some back creeks, man. It was like, <laughs> it, was, it was freaking hilarious. This has been a while ago and there's still people talking about it. I mean, you can't forget. Once you see it, you can't forget it, dude. I mean, it's yeah, like I crazy, bet. crazy, like lock and load and wanting to shoot an otter. <laughs> just otter a floating game. teddy bear. I know. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell I'd you. I'd rather have an otter than a beaver. Beaver. I think <laughs> beavers are more mean than the dang otters are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our good, our good buddy Aaron Steiger always. He had a yeah. great fear of beavers. Yep, Aaron. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, he, had, he had a few run-ins, best I remember. Yeah. Hey, them things that could match it. So them nutras are kind of dumb though. The nutra rats won't really mess with you, but the the. Otters will kind of, they're curious. Otters are a lot more curious than beavers are, but beavers are just downright me. Yeah. Now, knock on wood here, they see so much that they pretty much leave you alone here in Indiana. Yep. But, What's uh, up, Jerry Martinez? Mike Freer is another Jackson guy. Franklin, not to die. I see a lot of guys on. Kevin Will, oh, Chase yeah. Cassidy, Gene Wilson, Miss Big, Miss Gene. We're going to eat breakfast with you on our way out of Georgia. <laughs> Thursday, uh, <laughs> next Thursday, a week from Thursday, we're gonna try to set it up. Awesome. Stop and eat breakfast with you. We always stop and eat. That's how we met Miss Jean originally in person was on a trip. You know, over there we we ended up, we timed it where we met her and ate ate breakfast with her. You know, oh yeah, met Miss Jean at first, Mama Jean, Mama Jean, yep. and I, mm-hmm. I I get the privilege to work with her every day, and I still ain't met her. Yeah, uh, and that kind of sucks. So she's one of the most genuine persons you'll ever meet. Sweetest lady in the world, man. Shoot you straight and yep. uh, congratulate you all at the same time. Oh yeah, yep. That's the mm-hmm. best way to be. Now, so let's let's talk about this bass thing a little bit. You, oh, okay. You, 
your your bass guy, your your secret bass guy. I'm secret. I'm on, yeah, I'm an undercover bass guy. Undercover, undercover bass lover. <laughs> undercover bass lover. I always yeah. knew it. Yeah. But, closet bass fisherman. Closet <laughs> bass fisherman. <laughs> favorite rod and reel. My favorite rod and reel. Favorite rod Actually, and reel for bassing. My favorite rod right now is is my rod company, rod sponsored Waterloo's local company. He's got a blank from Rain Shadow called the Judge. Mm-hmm. Jameson turned me on to that, and 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 Jimmy at Waterloo does use some bats and stuff. So uh, he had some of those blanks, and he made me a, a seven three uh, chatterbait rod. And I use titanium recoil guides on all my stuff after using them in saltwater over the years. And I've transitioned to all my bass rods now, and it's, I like them way better. You're not losing that ceramic insert all the time, and all that good stuff. And then you can bend them and mash them, and they kind of bend in, in spring form right back. But yeah, that's the seven three on a Daiwa um, Tatula SV, the limited edition with the JDM handle and silver reel. It's real nice. Uh, that's a six five to one, and I run it with a seventeen pound uh, J braid samurai hidden concept with my chatterbaits. I'll throw a chatterbait all day if I can. I love the bruised green pumpkin jackhammer. It's it's black and blue on the top, green pumpkin on the bottom, and that and that uh we got a, a nice colored uh grande kickback shad that matches it pretty good. All right. Now let's throw that all script. day. Now let's flip the script here. How does that compare to an inshore rod for the people at home? <sighs> yep, I did. A lot heavier action. I have totally have all, all different rods for freshwater, all different rods for saltwater and different reels. Um, Daiwa to have a, uh, the SV TW150 Coastal. Mm-hmm. It's the blue reel, uh, the 150 size. I really hope Daiwa, if you're listening, make a 100 series, make a smaller bombable reel and be all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a lot of my, my inshore rods are like 6.6 or 6.9 with a shorter butt end on them. And they're medium light to, to medium, heavy, moderate, and fast. And some are extra fast. It all depends on what you're throwing. Because a lot of times I can throw lightweight, you know, jig heads, 16th ounce jig heads with just small, soft plastics on them. Um, or I'm throwing, you know, one knocker spooks on a on a 6.9, uh, medium, heavy, moderate. Uh, it's, a, it's a blank called a Ultra Mag from Waterloo and an HP Slam Mag, same thing. Some of our, our lures are a little heavier, you know, three-quarter ounce to one ounce, but we're still throwing on them little light rods because I'd rather throw – a top water on a lighter rod all day and just not deal with that wrist fatigue from twitching that walking the dog all day and that's the thing on the bass fishing you know when you're fishing a frog you're fishing a heavy rod you're twitching or you're using your reel to kind of bump it you know oh, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and you know your components matter in your rods it was like well, i'll fish with any rod i want but you're fishing with that heavy heavy rod you're gonna have more fatigue you're gonna get less cast because you'll be more tired and I'm a firm believer, especially saltwater fishing, that the more time that lures in that water, the better chance you got to catch a fish. You're not going to catch a fish with it just sitting over the edge of your kayak. Right. Chris, Chris Payne says you need to get bigger hands, by the way. <laughs> bigger hands. <laughs> <laughs> they good, brother. So, okay. Gene's, Gene's got one. Oh, Gene's got one. Dustin, do you move the chatterbait? The same way in saltwater that you would in freshwater. Any specific specific, <laughs> specific tips? 
Uh, new word. That was, right. in that was a specific way. Um, no, it's it's pretty much the same thing. I'm I'm fishing it. A lot of times I'll fish it over you know the grass flats that has sand pockets, and I'll I'll rip it out of the grass and just kind of kill it and pause it in the sand pockets and just like start it back up again. I mean, it really all depends on what the fish want. Same thing, bass fishing. The fish might want you yo-yoing it in the grass, or they might want you burn it over the top, or they might want you just slow rolling it. It just really depends on what the fish want. You know, same thing in the salt water. It all depends on what the fish want. Kind of change it up till you find a pattern that yeah, works. Change change it up and find it. Normally they'll just eat it any just reeling it straight in. <laughs> I know my buddy Kevin's uses chatter baits here too. It's, it's kind of caught on a little bit. There, there's some people, more people starting to figure it out, you know. For sure. Um, and them speckled trout, they they love it. You know, my they'll first eat it. They'll eat my it first trout that I ever caught was actually rainbow and it was on a big old three eighths chatterbait. Um, Dang, that's cool. And Right there in the Cumberland River, but you know, they—I think every fish loves the chatterbait. Actually, dude, I've caught big catfish on it, blue yeah. cats, channel cats, yellow cats, walleye, walleye stripers, stripers, mm-hmm. crappie, them big old crappie, nail that thing, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think there is a fish out there, in all honesty, that can resist the chatterbait. Oh yeah, I've caught flounder on them, slow rolling them over little sandbars and stuff yeah it's the bait they look good get a good yeah. reaction strike out of fish when they're when they're doing nothing just like a wake bait wake bait's the same way for redfish uh you can throw stuff all day at some fish and you just throw that wake bait bonnet it just makes them so mad you know and a lot of people have transitioned those wake baits into into bass fishing too especially around cypress knees that are submerged and things only run you know three to five inches under the water and you can fish them real slow and they'll just zigzag up on the top yep I know they're good on the cycle. Get them reaction strikes. Yeah. Yep. You'll get reaction strikes from them. It's got one knock, one ball bearing in them that makes them just a knock, 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 just a good loud frequency. And it, it just makes them mad. You get a lot of reaction strikes from the redfish from those and the bass. Yep. Now, here's the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Which fish hits harder, the reds or the bass? Oh, Oh, break somebody! Break somebody's <laughs> heart tonight. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, dude. I've had some big fish this last the two tournaments ago on Nacogdoches. I lost two freaking pigs way up in the in lily pads. You know, fishing some channel swings with a jackhammer, and I have one just straight about knocked a rod out of my hand. Bam! And I've had the redfish do the same thing. Their their tendencies are very alike. But redfish fights by far way more than the bass do. You catch a, a eight pound redfish, twenty seven inch redfish, and it's gonna. As soon as you set the hook, you're gonna get a, a fifty, you know, thirty to fifty yard run, just burn, burning the drag. <laughs> then you got to turn them, keep them out of grass, keep them out of shell, keep them out of structure or whatever you got to do. You know, you can run your drag a little bit tighter and kind of horse them. But no, they are they are strong. Those redfish are strong, real strong. Yeah, I mean bass are strong too. But maybe we no, need to go, Zach. Just maybe a little different. Need, just a little. Different. I've been I've been wanting to get on some bull reds for years now, so yeah. I'm ready to go. Whatever. Yeah, and when <laughs> when you get super super high tides and they start getting up in that that Spartina grass and the salt grass, oh, they'll hit a frog too. Oh, oh wow. 
When's when? So when is the best time to for anybody at home that's looking on taking a trip? Where would you send them, and what time of year would you tell them to come down? Oh man, September to December, man. They in my area, they're really schooling. They're really moving around. You know, a lot of the bigger fish are going to start moving out to make their annual migration to the Gulf to spawn and everything. But you always got fish moving. You got a big influx of bait, a lot of good sized shrimp in the marsh that time of year. And you're going to you're going to see a lot of fish piled up. The reds like to school up and just cruise down the shorelines, just gulping shrimp everywhere. And you'll see the birds on the bank following them. So you kind of you can look across like a back lake and you'll see like five or six birds looks like they're doing hopscotch and then white birds those those they don't like each other the only time they're <laughs> together is if they're eating or if they're mating like for real they, they they can't stand being around each other so if they're together they're chasing fish <laughs> they're chasing the fish that are knocking the bait out of the water yeah now this one's off the cuff because it's a question that we ask everybody and and our good friend jason cassidy um he reminded us i saw it he reminded <laughs> us so we, we're not doing I'm having computer issues, whether you can see it at home tonight or not. My mouse is froze up, so I can't click on anything but my button. Oh. And <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we, we're kind of skipping five questions tonight. Just tonight. Sorry, Dustin. Yeah. I'll bring you back on. We'll do five questions later. But he's wanting to know. Give us that great gas station story. Funniest thing oh, that's you don't happened out there. Funny, I got some bad <laughs> stuff happening gas station. That's fun. We've had rap videos. Oh, man. Just keep it PG thirteen, uh, but like no, on. I had a back before I moved to Texas when I was you know I was a little wild out of the Marine Corps and you know I was still crazy, but I had a friend of mine at a party get just like just blindsided. Somebody knocked him, just hit him out of nowhere. And I came to his protection and I got all up in these three other guys' face and basically put them in the spot. Um, there was some some stuff said, some weapons drawn and this and that, and we kind of diffused <laughs> the situation. Uh, well, them guys caught me one night, like the night before I was about to go to Texas. They caught me getting out of a, my buddy Shane's car at a at a at the Jiffy station right there on St. Simon's Island. It's now a Parker's Parker's uh convenience store, or whatever. And they they bum rushed me and knocked me through the window. Oh wow! <laughs> but I proceeded. I had I had a cut on my head, a cut on my elbow, and then one guy hit me in the side of the jaw. I broke one of the guy's arms. <laughs> <laughs> and I took I took out three guys. Like my buddy that worked at a restaurant across the street said I looked like the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a crazy story i mean i got i mean but still i was protecting my friends and then them guys wanted to yeah. retaliate and stuff you know but yeah i got thrown through a jiffy store uh plate glass window <laughs> well that's not as fun as a rap video <laughs> oh I yeah had, no, I think we've no actually less entertaining had, yeah we, we've had two guests that have actually been in part of rap, rap videos video. huh i guess Ooh. it's a thing in kentucky yeah. I've not, I've not had it happen to me, but apparently it's a thing in Kentucky. <laughs> well, we haven't driven through Kentucky enough, apparently. <laughs> I thought I'd been through Kentucky a lot. It's like my second home. Man, <laughs> yeah, rap videos. I like rap videos. Man, I like old school rap though. <laughs> Give us your favorite old school rapper. This, well, this is we're getting random. Eric B is yeah. the. It's the DJ, but Rock Him is the rapper, and all them guys today can't touch that guy. 
rapping lyrically. Cannot touch him. I agree. That's, that's not the same dude, stuff. That's fair. Days. I hope Will's listening because that that's very fair. Will Richardson is actually, I don't know if you know this. He's a closet old school rapper. He is he is in some closet <laughs> old school rap music. And it dude. is phenomenal. EPMD. Don't give me I like all that stuff. Old slick Rick, you know, back oh, in the yeah. day. Uh you know, ghetto boys are from Houston, you know, all, all that stuff. Old public enemy, BDP, uh third base, them white guys, remember them? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Nas, all them guys, dude. There's oh, so yeah. many, so much better rappers they rapped about, way better stuff than all them people that repeat the same syllable over and over today. <laughs> now talking about talking about road trips and gas station. Now we're yeah. on this random topic of music. What are you, what are you listening to while you're driving? You, I mean, you're a punk rocker, and yeah, I like reggae. There's a there's a there's some reggae. There's a reggae <laughs> band called Stick Figure. Okay, and put in Stick Finger Radio on Pandora. Like, pick the channel right. Stick Figure channel, and it's gonna play like some Tribal Seed, some Revolution, some Iration. Dude, it's straight chill music. I mean, they got some. I did not see it's, that coming. It's good, dude. Throw that. We'll dude, throw I'm that in tomorrow. In, I'm covered in tattoos, man. Come on. I, I'm <laughs> like, I mean, you're diverse. Real and question. I, mean, I, like listen country. Country? I listen to some good stuff. You know, Adam J just had that new song come out about yep. Texas. Man, yep. that thing's legit, dude. That song's legit. No, the real question is, do you listen to any country? Yeah, I like country. I like the Zach, Zach Brown band. I like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Luke, Luke Ryan. Luke Ryan was one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. He puts on a damn good show. Yeah, man. His uh, his music taste is about as eclectic as mine is. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, his Bill Dance song is like his hits hits all the feels, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like that was pretty like, good. I listen to yeah. Face to Face, Pennywise, uh, Social Distortion. You know, I have some, you know, Down by Law. That's like an older punk band from like the early nineties. Um, the old Offspring, like all kind of stuff like that. I like I like everything. I like all kind of music. Yeah. I listen to KC and the Sunshine Band. Man, come yeah. on. I like the Nirvana. I like the Cure. I like uh, that. Um, who else? Sunday Day Real Estate. Some of that alternative stuff. You know, Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, I like everything. I'm, I'm very mu- musically diverse. Same yeah. Nirvana, and it, it's funny. Like Nirvana's got like this whole. I don't know what wave they would be on, but you know, the new Batman movie had the something in the way on there, and it's yeah. like, yeah. everybody's like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, been around for a minute. Oh, yeah, for sure for sure yeah no we've covered yeah. a lot of stuff on this one i mean i don't know where we went with it but it was fun this is what happens this is what happens when we don't have notes we get in weeds <laughs> yeah for the, for the record my phone is still locked i've had no notes all night tonight we have just done this whole podcast off the cuff and it's been it's been a fun one yeah it's all yeah yeah, yeah i'm I'm a practical joker at times too, so yeah. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Somebody's got. I'll make I'll laugh. make some people laugh, and I'll talk the dang paint off the wall too. I won't shut up. <laughs> the real question is, can we get you and Chris Funk on here together? Because I think oh, collectively man. I think that'd be a good one. That might be a good one. Collectively, I'm, me and Zach could just drop ourselves off the screen, yeah, and just yeah, and just yeah, let just, this thing go. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> it might. We might oh, have a. We would have content that we could like clip out for that for months. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it it probably go well over the one hour mark too. That's okay. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yep. 
it's my uh, wife's not though. She's like eight o'clock. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. I, she likes to get her sleep because she she wakes up every morning at like four fifteen to go to the gym. She's been yep. doing that this whole school year, and then school just ended. So yeah, props to her for putting in work. Yeah, she's been doing real good on that, man. Yeah, well, can't uh, have can't have can't do what you do. Like I can't do what I do without my family support too. You know, that's that's a big plus is having a good family support system. Can't stress that enough. Absolutely. 100%. So yep. Yep. on that note and on the one hour note, which is almost eight o'clock, gives you an hour before bedtime. Oh, yeah. Thank the people you need to thank, bro. And tell the people where to find out more about you. All right. Well, uh, I thank my family, my wife, my daughter, putting up with all my mess. My son just moved back down with us from Austin, too. So got some adjustment with that, um, you know. But thanks to my family, you know, for sure, wouldn't be where I'm at without them. You know, thanks to all the sponsors, you know, Jackson Kayak, Orion Coolers, first and foremost. Uh, that's a family, man. That's what Absolutely. it is right there. Everybody, love everybody on that team, man. Everybody knows we can reach out to each other if we got something going on and everybody, somebody's going to be there for you. Uh, Wally Rods, you know, local company, Jimmy, Jimmy Burns, been supporting me for a long time, first kayak guy to really – get the ball rolling with him and I'm, I'm stoked to be part of them torquito you know matt ball and jeff little believed in me to put me on that team and i'm definitely stoked to be with them catch is the same thing you know some of the the, the tier of anglers that are on all these teams that i'm part of is like wow i'm how, how am i even part of that <laughs> it makes you it, it just makes you man it humbles you sometimes to see some of these names you're associated with these teams with it's just like wow wow <laughs> um kayak cushion you know he's been hooking me up with some stuff we had a little lim limited run on one of those for me grande bass and grande salt um texas rattler chopping block victoria uh i got uh beck and maston coastal bend gmc buick dealer that helps me out uh you know little stuff here the wrap on the truck uh tournament expenses and some gas money here and there you know i'm, I'm very fortunate to have some some help man so i appreciate everything from everybody bolt of lithium batteries uh, try not to leave anybody out. <laughs> um, you know, it, just everything's, you know, I'm just blessed. I, I, I can't thank everybody enough, all the sponsors for the support, you know. For the show. And thanks to y'all for having <laughs> me on this, the podcast. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. You're coming back favor. for, yeah, it won't be the last time for sure. No, every, every guest we've had on, man, it's like coming back and, you know, we couldn't ask for better people that we've had on this podcast. It's been a journey. It's been a ride and we've had a good time. Yeah. A lot of good stories too. And I can't hide you to end this thing. So oh, it's all I good. can't work. <laughs> that can, but yeah, ain't no big deal. <laughs> ain't no big deal tonight, but no, thank you everybody for watching. We've got another podcast come to you actually on thursday night you find that over on the jackson kayak facebook page it is the one and only doc talk episode two um little different format it's uh it's chilling out with our team anglers talking about the tournaments that have went on in their local areas uh we'll have dustin on probably for that we'll be talking about some redfish tournaments and different things uh all the bass tournaments this week we've got some pretty cool guests lined up i actually need to get one more um but yeah so looking oh, yeah. forward to doc talk that will be thursday night eight o'clock same time jackson kayak fishing facebook page um then the orion podcast zach we will be back Gosh, two weeks man. Ooh, two we'll be back to the 12th 
That sounds like a long yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That does. Yeah. Long oh, time. one more. Yeah, gadget. I forgot. Yeah, gadget. What's up, yeah, gadget. What's up? Good stuff over there, man. Uh, you know, I was one of the original teammates put on the, their team there, and it, they they've they've done a lot of good stuff with it, that brand. And it's right on, growing tremendously. Appreciate them too over there. Sorry, we will be you. back, yeah, again for the Orion podcast on yeah. the twelfth. Hopefully, we'll uh, hopefully fewer scheduling conflicts this time, and we can fewer scheduling conflicts. But everybody, have a great Fourth of July weekend. We'll see you on the flip side. Zach, end broadcast. I got it. Later.